Robots Radio. Games. Lore. Stories. Community. Just press play. Hey guys, it's it's Davido. Um, I'm just coming here to say uh, that I love the Fallout app, and I would like to tell you about the service that they use to make this podcast. It's called Anchor. The best thing about Anchor is it's free. You don't have to pay anything. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your own podcast right from your phone or computer. Now, you can even add songs from Spotify directly to the episodes. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you. So you're going to be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can now make money for your podcast with very little, uh, minimum, little, little, little listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Thanks, guys. Your attention, please. Your attention, please. This is your official civil defense broadcaster. One of the greatest threats would be radioactive fallout. Uranium fever. Where fallout is heaviest, it can even kill those who have not taken proper shelter. Broadcasting deep underground in a questionably constructed survivalist bunker is Dave Chaffins and Kenneth Vigue, and your host as always, Mr. Robots. This episode of the Fallout Hub is brought to you by the Massachusetts Institute of Technology. Open enrollment for advanced robotics courses starts now. Totally nothing sketchy going on. Nope, not at all. Hey, we're this here. Is fine. This is fine. Ken's been having some PC problems, and we've all been having issues with with some something or other. Uh, welcome, everybody. This is the Fallout Hub. We're finally back. It's been a few weeks. We've been having some difficulties these last few weeks, but we're back. We're here. I'm your host, Tom, or Robots, and with me, as always, Dave Chaffins, our man on the street. I am on the street. Um, this may look like a room to you, but my friends, I'll tell you, I am on the street. Um, I am like a piece of trash getting ready to be picked up because it's recycling day. And you know if we're going to recycle? But I, I don't know where I'm going with this, but we're going to recycle some bottles. That's the punchline. Some bottles, some Nuka-Cola bottles. Mm-hmm. And also, as always, we have Ken, our man under the sheets. How are you doing, Ken? I am a mothman under the sheets. I don't. I don't know what that means. Well, the mo- I, I, do you think the mo- if you let the Mothman in your house, do you think he would chew holes in your sheets? I mean, that's what moths do, right? They chew holes in fabric. I think he would closet. do unfortunate things with pleopods. Pleopods. Hey, why? Why can't the Mothman have sex with anyone? Why? Why? Oh, no, no. This this joke failed. Why can't Mothman have sex with any bugs? Why? Because he's got mothballs. You know. It doesn't even make any sense. My sound effects board is reset, so I can't play cricket. Just imagine crickets right now. 
Oh man. Yeah. Well, yeah. all right. Well, here, let's let's continue with our intro. It is uh, just after five five p.m. Eastern on a Tuesday, which is usually when we do these shows. We're trying to do them a little bit a little bit more often again, but we've been having some some issues the last few weeks. But thank you for joining us and chat. Thank you for being here. Uh, Welcome to the I'm show, the everybody. Issue. It's me. <laughs> he got stuck under the sheets. That's the problem. Um, so today we're going to talk about a little bit about the stuff that came out with the most recent patch and some of our thoughts on that. But then we also have a kind of a community-focused question. Um, the three of us and some other, other content creators have been talking about um, ways of continuing to grow the the Fallout 76 audience, especially when it comes to the content that we're making. And there are a lot of people playing Fallout 76, but there's only a very small percentage of those people who are tuning into content. And it's kind of an interesting question. Why do we have such a large number of people playing the game, but such a small percentage tuning into the content, especially when people are doing really awesome stuff? We have some really amazing creators in our community doing, you know, everything from, you know, like Ken's underwater build to, um, you know, the fallout five Oh to, I mean, any of number of the guests that we've had on the show are all doing awesome stuff. So we're going to talk, talk about that a little bit later in the show, but Dave, why don't we kick it off with some talk about the uh, patch notes and, and well, not necessarily the patch notes, but our experience so far with the, the latest patch. Yeah, I've got some news. Um, I'm, I'm coming in with you latest information. Um, the first piece of, of information I have for you is to make sure I'm not crazy uh, that mothballs are small balls of chemical pesticide and deodorant, sometimes used when storing clothing and other articles susceptible to damage from mold and moth larvae. So, when oh, you got to so put keeps them from ball, reproducing. Right. That's why I get it. Like, I get the mo- joke now mothballs and i don't know if you guys maybe that's like some uh, like back hill west virginia stuff where like gotta put the mothballs in your pocket when you go to hang up your coat in the closet like grandma uh, always but. said you want to cradle those when you're screwing in the bulb <laughs> so uh that's some that's some some information uh the first piece of Rest in peace grandma today. thanks thanks grandma thanks grandma mm-hmm. oh man uh, Grandma knew her way around. All right, sorry. She, Go on, Dave. She did. I have stories. Yeah, and she put her mothballs in all the coats. No, um, she dated a hitman, but that's a story for another day. We should have a uh, stories with Ken like late night episode sometime. Yeah. yeah, I think we need an after dark version of this podcast. Yeah, um, but I'm not sure if that would be any different from the actual podcast hey, itself. Um, <laughs> that's pretty much uh, Friday night for us. <laughs> Since we have missed a few shows, I want to go back over some of the patch notes um, in case you were living in a in your vault. I about said bunker, but I thought vault would be more. Um, that, that is that's <laughs> a good one. more topical. That's a good pull. That's uh, a good pull. There has been a large stash increase. You have many more places to put your load of mothballs. Um, in fact, you've got fifty percent more <laughs> stash, uh, which gives us a total of. 120 pounds to work with. Um, so, mm. do you do you guys remember? It wasn't the beginning of days when there was only like 400 pounds. 400, 400. Yes, those were the we're dark days. Three times that amount. Yeah, those were dark days. That, that was very difficult. And we didn't have scrap boxes. Nope. And we did. Nope. And so, like, I came up with numbers in my head that it's like, okay, I know that I need at least 300 steel, so I have to have 300 steel in my purse. But then you got to other resources where it's like, I don't use concrete very much, so maybe I only need 100 of that. 
you like kind of made up like values in a spreadsheet that it's like, okay, once it gets beyond 300, I'm going to sell 26 of those, you know? And do you guys, do you guys remember how brutal it was making your first excavator armor? Like grinding resources to put that goddamn thing together, like screws and steel and And the the, brutal. The black titanium or whatever. I think it was black titanium. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but once you got that, then it was like you became better than your stash. Like you just became this walking. <laughs> yes. just right, carried. and everybody everybody wore wore excavator armor all over the place. And in fact, that was one of the earliest tips was like, don't worry about the other power armor. The excava- excavator armor is the best one because it increases the, the amount that you can carry, and that's way more valuable than any armor increase you're going to get. Yep. Right. And so the, I, the the main build that you had was the two shot explosive shotgun and excavator armor. That, that was my first build. And you, you tried to go for the the max, and that was the best the best we could sum up in those first few months. But now we're up to twelve hundred pounds. I'm always curious where where they get the numbers, you know, of what the because obviously there's some like server limitations on what stashes mm-hmm. can I guess hold um i think i think todd howard periodically will visit amazon uh like where their top secret amazon web services servers go and then he's just like throwing switches in black and white for some reason and then you know Uh you just have amazon executives in the back like no and he's like more power (laughs) maybe 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 so or or, I mean, if we're going the whole noir thing, maybe he like saunters in like one of the sexy noir uh, vixens and he's like, hey, boy, we got some business to talk a about. <laughs> a sexy noir vixen. And, and, yeah, yeah. And the Amazon exec is behind the desk and he's like, I told you I didn't want to see you kind of around here no more. And she's like, well, I got something else I need from you, honey. And then it pans to the next scene and then all of a sudden stash limit goes you had plenty money 1922 yeah like jessica rabbit he kind of saunters in like <laughs> jessica rabbit yeah wow this went to a weird place today i mean doesn't it always <sighs> i will say that every time todd howard is at a press conference he's he's like the epitome of geek chic yes where he comes out oh, yeah. he's like he's he's like the coolest nerd you'll ever yeah. see um, yeah. He's he's the best looking nerd we'll ever create as a society. Yeah, he's um, kind of king of the nerds. I mean, whereas uh, uh, what's his face from Steam? Um, ah, I lose names. Gabe. Yeah, runs, Gabe. Gabe. Gabe is like is like king of the nerds in the like uh, he created Half Life in Steam. But Todd Howard is like coolest of the nerds. Like you know, like they're different. Cool. Every time I come up with something, you guys just get quiet. Okay, cool. let's get back to the uh, the patch. What else did uh, we get in the patch? <laughs> there's some other things. We got like a new inventory tab, uh, and both a new inventory tab, uh, all about new inventory. So the list this all one, different. I love. Yeah. I love this. Can I marry? I it? haven't. I haven't done. I, I I know the use case for it because it's it's for me. It's like hollow tapes and a quest. I pick up one and I have to put it into a computer. I have to mm-hmm. scroll every which way to find the exact what the name of it was because they're not really denoted that well, no. and it's usually mm-hmm. at the bottom of the list. So yes. for me, that would be a good use for it. Yeah, the quality of life improvements it. are just so good. 
I mean, even just simply uh, taking out the aid stuff and the food and drink into their own ones. Because sometimes I'm like, I want food, but now i got to go through all this other crap. Or I just want a stim pack. Where is it? You know, or whatever. Right. Same thing for clothing and armor, because now it's like armor I don't really touch or look at. I'm more looking at the clothing tab, you know, for the for the quick change artists of the wasteland that want to go out there and, and you know get a hula hoop at the curtain and then I'll surprise I'm Jessica Rabbit uh, I'm, yeah I'm Jessica, <laughs> Rabbit. Jessica Rabbit oh now I'm Todd Howard oh now I'm Jessica Howard um, yeah yeah so I think that's actually one of the best uh, improvements it seems like such a simple thing but it's so useful mm-hmm. um They've also improved stack weight. Well, I mean, they've added weight to stacks. I don't know if you can improve stack weight, but um, they've, improved, they've added an additional additional uh, weight value to stacks of, you know, bullets or steel or, you know, mm-hmm. the things you would like to have a lot of, um, like goo. Like goo. Like goo, yeah. Sometimes yeah. you get a lot of goo and you want to know what's, you know, it's like pulling out a weight at your house. You get a lot of <laughs> How goo. How much goo is this? And you, and you throw it down. You got to clean your surface first, then throw it down. That's what you do. Get your goo. Uh, Dave, moving Dave on. I'm trying to find a way to make this exciting. And by saying goo, I know that the kids love that because, as we all know from watching the Super Bowl, uh, mm-hmm. that, that when you add slime and a digital after effect to something, that makes it automatically cool for the kids. Because, I mean, as they, we know, <laughs> kids of today are very much into Nickelodeon slime. Nickelodeon, Not, yeah, founded an entire TV channel based on slime. Based, right? yes, yes, and, and, and as, as we all know, you know, we're very much into slime time or whatever that old show used to be. The kids are like, bring that back, bring it back where people get slimed. You know, you can't do High that on television. Value. I think. Oh man, that show. Something that was else. that was a thing. That was a thing of its time for sure. Mm-hmm. Double Dare. We should do Double Dare. Double Dare. Well, uh, the last uh, piece of major update is they've improved the uh, map preview for vendors. So now it'll tell you exactly what star pieces they they have of armor and, and guns. You know, I have which, to say, since that has been put in place, I'm getting a lot more people showing up at my vending machines. It makes, it makes sense. sense. Yeah. Yeah. Because you're like, oh, that guy might have something I want. I'll go there rather than just like randomly chick clicking one and being like, oh, I guess I'll try this one. It's yeah. wild. Like I've I've gone to max caps twice in a week and a half, so I have to keep just offloading caps, and that hasn't happened before ever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's it's these improvements were definitely absolutely what we needed, even if we didn't know we wanted them. Some of them, I don't know that some of them were asked for specifically, or at least that I'd heard, but they're definitely things that were a good addition. So I, I had made a camp, my camp. Uh, I guess it was last fall and then it went into winter, but I'm rebuilding it now. But my camp before was a, a giant mansion that had various clues in it. And if you solved all the clues, it, it got you into a secret door. Um, in was which there I mail was, time? It, mail, time. Good mail time. And then, and then blue would go. Bow, 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 bow. Um, um, no, no, but that would have been It wasn't fun. blues clues. There weren't it blues clues in the mansion. It wasn't blues clues. Mm-hmm. Um, Again, you'd be a good. You'd be a good host for Blues Clues, Dave. Oh, let me do my audition. No, no, not as blue as like the guy as like Blue's friend. Oh, as Blue's friend. Oh, yeah. The the lady yeah. dog that goes. 
No, 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 no. As like as like Steve. What or, about you know, the, the kid guy dog? Is. The son no. of Blues. No, not like the green one. No, 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 not. Can I be Dora the Explorer? Yes. You can. I will yes. allow that. As the son yeah. of Blue Clue. So the son of Blue Clue. You have to say Vominos. Can you say can you say Vominos. Spanish words that There you go. That's perfect. Mm. Uh so I it used to be, anyways, the story this I don't know where the story is going, but at the end of my camp, if you solved all the blues clues, then you would get um you would get free beanies. I made these beanies and put them in my um, they were the insurgent hat. I think that was the name of them. But I put them oh. in my vending machine for free. But then on the map, it would show that I had like thirty pieces of armor, and so I had a lot of people come to my camp that were like, oh, "Where's all your stuff?" And I'm like, "You'll never find it." Uh, so I, had to, <laughs> I had to change that because like that? now now it just looks like I'm a noob. Um, so I'm redoing my uh. camp to not be uh, <laughs> the mystery of the free hat. Solve the mystery, get a free hat. Just handing out like that's the most depressing Hardy Boys classic of all time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, outside of the update, there's some things. One thing that they've done is change the uh, outline of the builds from green to light blue, uh, which I think is helpful for um, accessibility. I think mm-hmm. some people with color blindness, um, and they've made uh, changes to the elder tier rewards. So essentially, if you complete uh, elder rank on the daily ops then you're guaranteed an elder um, reward if I'm reading this correctly that's correct or else they're lying to me in French um, and they've added the spread the love event which is where you get the wrench with all the flowers and you gotta go hit a bunch of things ah that's the break yeah how do you guys feel about the wrench stuff I mean I'm enjoying um, it but I'm melee if if I wasn't I I probably would be having a hard time I haven't yeah. done much of it just because of, of you know, Blue's Clues Mansion got got torn down and now there has to be another thing. So I haven't been, you know, I haven't been wrenching to get back in the game, you know? Yeah, like, I've been doing it. And um, my no matter how much I upgrade that wrench, because I'm not a single hand melee build, it only does a little bit of damage. What I have noticed, two things, well, three things. One... If you just sit and like wail on somebody, like if it's like take out a super mutant and I've got to hit it like ten times to kill him, I will break every bone in that super mutant's body before he's dead. Like he'll eventually like sit on the ground and then look around like, oh, how do I shoot you? And like it, it like <laughs> and there's something you never experience when you can kill things in like two or three hits at the most, right? Um, which is kind of funny. Too. It's a little masochistic. <laughs> it's a little masochistic, but you can just like wail on guys and you just like break them down, and eventually they're just like like incapacitated on the ground just looking at you like oh, i can't do anything now um the two you can take another weapon wear their health down and then finish them with the with the wrench which works just as well or you can even just like toss grenades into a crowd wear them out and then run up and hit them um so it's not difficult it's funny that you're hitting guys with a bunch of flowers which is funny but and i like the prizes i guess it's just not as much fun unless i th- I guess unless you're a build that would normally use that weapon anyway, it's kind of my. It's, it's kind of it. dark when you think about it. <laughs> yeah, it is. So I haven't looked at much into it, but is it based around kills or is it based around hits? Kills. It's kills. Kills. You have okay. to just kill an enemy. So it's like kill five enemies or kill thirty super mutants or something like that. So 
as long as and I think if even if you get a hit in and somebody else kills it, it still counts towards your your count because at least you got a hit in. Right. Yeah. The team uh, kills count towards your goal mutually. So uh, mm-hmm. if you if you run with someone with a melee, we'll carry on down. I was about to say if, it, if it's if it's based off of hits, I know that the dead bodies still count as hits. So when survival mode was a thing, you get a vampire's oh. uh, 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 switchblade, and then if it, like you wouldn't carry any stim packs on you, and just when you'd see like you'd kill a scorch, and then when the scorch is dead, just like and it was restoring your health every hit you took against a dead body. So mm-hmm. I was thinking, if anything was involving hits in that challenge, I would recommend just go hit a bunch of dead bodies. You know, just go beat the crap out of the things you kill. A lot like beating a dead horse, even though there's no horses. Yeah, it's probably a good thing there's no horses because they would beat them. That would be sad. But, yeah, that would be pretty sad. Uh, there are some new things coming to kind of uh, get into this next bit of new stuff coming to the game. Um, one of those things is perk loadouts. Yay! So this is this is different from how I thought it would be. Where Somebody needs to clip that sound of Ken going yay, and then we can use it. Like you need to put that on your stream for like when people follow or subscribe. Which is you just need to go yay yay. I, I need that like as a DJ sound effect to be like about to have the beat drop and to be like yay yay yeah like yeah totally yeah. Um, one thing, outside of just changing your perks on the fly, like they're having um, with these loadouts, I think it's not on the fly, but it's with the place in your camp, you also can change your special attributes, which is kind of unexpected. I didn't think that they would actually allow you to change those so rapidly. So if you are, you can effectively do two, you could be like a pistol commando kind of situation, or you could be like a tank power armor, mini, heavy guns, and just switch between those and, and let it be drastic. That's as long as you have the perk cards to do it. But I think that's kind of cool. And that gives people a lot more experimentation when people are, when you're, you know, um, a, a YouTuber or you're, you're just trying to try out a different build that allows a lot of accessibility for be like, okay, I yeah. figured out the best way to have, you know, this is my... A syringer build. We'll just say that. Imagine the syringer is all of a sudden very good, um, <laughs> but it, it gives people kind of a, an idea of what that would. Like. And I think it'll help people with creativity, um, especially once they get to level fifty and are able to mess around with all their special points. Yeah. Or yeah. No. It's. Uh, or if like, Sorry, go ahead. Oh, you. If like, if you started out this game uh, with a two-shot explosive shotgun, an excavator armor build that you haven't played in eight months, uh, all of a sudden, that could be viable again. Fix that tune. Yeah, well, you know what this does is it gives us a a faster way to iterate through different builds in order to test them out. Yeah. Because it takes so long to shift your build in any direction because you have to level in order to shift it. Right. This would allow you to, you know, within, within a week, you could try out a dozen different builds and see which thing works better. And then the community, I think, is going to iterate on that way faster now. And we're going to have more variety and potential build variations that actually work. Well, I think that it's it's built for a lot more fun so that I know I get sometimes tired of of, of playing the heavy gunner in a um, full suit of power armor. And I have this like automatic Tesla junkies rifle that I'm like, I have this. Mm-hmm. I can use this. 
but I can't use it the best and can't do like a full build off this because then right. my my other stuff will be gone. But now I can. Um, I right. just got to get got to get the perk cards for it, which is right. top of my list. You know, my yeah. I shifted priorities. my my build. I, I my my main character I created as a stealth sniper build and um, was very limited on my DPS. I could do a lot of damage, like burst on something, but then I had to like reload and then hit it again and by the time I did that if I was in a group everyone else just killed everything because they're all you know with their machine guns and power armor and whatever so I was like okay well, I'm going to shift to a machine gun build because I got a good one actually I got two within the same day that dropped and I was like well I'd be dumb not to try these out so now I just have to shift my build over and so slowly did that over time and now I'm you know I basically play things like daily ops the way that everyone else does I put on my power armor and my big old you know, heavy minigun thing and just shoot a bunch of bullets, but it would be neat if there were other variations. That'd be yeah. cool. Um, moving on from our uh, perk slots, perk changer, I don't even know what they call it. What's the perk loadout? Special loadouts, that's what they call it. Uh, to the most interesting piece of news, I think, which is camp slots. So what that means is essentially you will get several slots in the game to build entirely different camps, and whenever you're playing, you can just switch between them. I'm thrilled for this. Yeah. Yay. Yay. <laughs> As Yay. they say. Um, I think that this will really change the building community and will actually... Because oftentimes the building... like, and For me, it's like I want to enjoy the thing that I have built in the game. And so like I'll set some time and I'll be like, oh, I'm gonna build, you know, Blues Clues Murder Mystery Mansion. Um how many in <laughs> words can I include in that? Um but then I want to go and build, you know, I used to have this diner called the Squat and Gobble in the game. Um like maybe I want to go build that. With this it's like I can have them all and just kind of iterate off of these various structures that I have. And it gives people that are like, okay, this is my camp for if I'm actually playing the game. Because sometimes, you know, you want to bare bones it and, and just have this or that. And sometimes you want to have some elaborate camp design that's that's different from things. Maybe your camp, you want to have a camp for, oh, we're going to do Scorch Beast runs. And I want to have a camp that's right outside the blast zone. And so I'm going to build this one here. But when I'm just playing the game with my friends, maybe I have some sort of like hangout thing that I've built for them that we can all just go to. Right, right. It's something I'm pretty excited for, um, just because I, I I really like building in that world. Um, I think it's it's really really cool the way that they have done the camp system. I've always liked that. That's probably been one of my favorite things. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sure Ken has a lot of feelings about about this, being that you're like builder extraordinaire. I'm really invested in the Rapture camp now, like because uh, they dropped the vault quarters, which I love. Um, I just finished building the medical pavilion from Bioshock. Um, so mm-hmm. now that I've I've put in all this time, I really don't want to tear it down. <laughs> so being able to have multiple camp slots would be amazing because I love building and I want to keep doing that. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, there's some other updates that you can read about that's in the inside the article um like aim assist they're expanding daily ops uh they're doing batch crafting there's there's some things that they are changing it's worth going to read the full inside the vault um even though we're you know a few weeks late on the episode here um it's all some really interesting stuff going on um i'm curious for what they're building towards 
if they are kind of doing this all on the back end after they put out Wastelanders and have kind of gotten game to a point, they're saying, okay, we're going to put in these kind of quality of life stuff. And then it leads me to leave, to believe that their next expansion is good. Well, their next like big story thing is going to be like an expansion on that level where yeah. they are doing something big and doing the big marketing push. Yeah, I hope so. I, I feel like these are the in-between updates, Yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, my question then would be like, when are we going to get that next big thing? Like, do you think it'll be summer? Do you think we'll get something in the spring? I think we'll get the end to the Brotherhood of Steel in like May, but I don't think it's going to be big. Um, I think it's it's not going to be. It'll be like a Steel Dawn sized update. Yeah, it'll be like a steel dawn sized thing and I think that November uh, is when they're going to try to I think they're going to try to do next gen versions. I think that you're going to have some big thing that changes the map that's kind of almost going to be like a relaunch for them. Uh, like kind of how Wastelanders was kind of a relaunch for them but it came at a time where I mean that's when the pandemic first started so it was kind of like everybody was still trying to fin- figure things out and and I, I don't still don't know how they managed to launch that and it be okay, you know, like like without yeah. something being entirely ground like like a, a huge bug that just completely and totally destroys the <laughs> progress. Like obviously there were there were like an issue here and there, but nothing like severe. Um, like even when they launched seventy six, there was severe things where I think one of the quests in, in that was in uh, Grafton where you had to go to all the the. Um, attractions for the Grafton mayor like you couldn't go to one of them they just like the box didn't exist and they were like go right here and you go there and it's just there's nothing in that spot and they're like oh we're gonna add that later and so it's set for like a month there was nothing like that it was all perfect and worked great but I think back on the subject I think that probably November is gonna be your big expansion um you think it'll be that long mm -hmm. wow all right well we'll have to wait and see I I think we're probably going to get a big expansion in the summer. I think that's at least what they're aiming for. I, I think we're going to see something July. Yeah. yeah, I don't think they're going to want to compete with other stuff coming out in the fall. Um, you know, and every year there's rumors like this will be the year Starfield is out. You know, they're going to want to get out of the way of that for sure. If that's it is, um, you know, we don't know for sure. And there's still just only speculation about that. But it, you know, it's been enough years since a big release. It could it could happen this fall. Um, if it's going to happen this year, it'll happen in the fall. Hmm. So, you know, we know that. That's true. Pretty much. Yeah. Now that I think about a big release, like you don't want like Fallout is Fallout seventy six is still kind of an underdog um, in in the big yeah churning of the video game industry. So you wouldn't want to right. put something out in in, in mid November be like, here's our expansion. Yeah, so, when they're like, yeah, oh, yeah. here's Halo and God of War and all yeah. of these, you know. ESO's big, big story long uh, story release is in June. It's like end of May, early June every year. So if they were to do something like April, May for whatever the wrap up for the Brotherhood of Steel is, and then something July, August for Fallout 76, that would kind of fit in between the other stuff they've got, at least on the calendar right now. So mm-hmm. I think one of the main I, thoughts I, on that. I think one of the main things that they're going to add in are um, th- they mentioned them before, and that's kind of like. Like they've talked about perk loadouts for a good year and a half before we actually saw them. Um, but one of the things was um, uh, not daily ops, but expeditions. I think they called them. 
I think we're mm-hmm. going to see that this year. I think that that's coming this year. And we had kind of like brainstormed on that before of like small sets of areas like, oh, maybe we go back to New Vegas or maybe we go back to Fallout 3. Sorry, the, the, the responders are coming through the neighborhood if you hear the sirens. <laughs> yes. Um, the, uh, uh, that's the fire breathers. Um, <laughs> it'll just it'll be interesting to see what that is. Um, if that's going to be more of like a, a, a system that is introduced when they have that big expansion. Mm-hmm. So that's all I've got for news, which is mostly news. I've, I've talked about news for a good 35 minutes now. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Well, that's good. That's good. Lots when we, of, when lots we, of when we don't stuff. do an episode, we, we just get a lot of builds up, up and we need to put a mothball in it. Yep. We put a mothball in it. I have a question for you guys. Okay. Yeah. If you could pick three quality of life camp adjustments, mm. what would they be? I recently posed this on Reddit because I think it's time that, uh, there's some things that would be nice to have in camps that we've we've never been able to have. Mm. I don't do enough camp building to really have a strong sense of that. Um, my camp is is highly functional, and that's it. Like mm. it's it's set off on the road. It's easy to get to for people to buy stuff. It has all the things I need to craft things. It's it, like that's it. It's it's basically function no form. Um, so I don't really know. I don't think I'd, I'm the right person to really answer that. Mm. Um, there are some rules that I wish you could break. Um, some of the clipping, um, I wish that you could legitimately clip through everything. Um, I I think that that would make more creativity almost if they're, they kind of talked about that in like a pro build mode. Um, so I'm guessing I'm just making a wish list for a pro build mode. Um, just getting rid of clipping entirely would be great. Um, having the requirement of making a second, like making stairs to build floors above your floors. Like if you could just build like, like if you could just float floors, like if you're thinking about like, Oh, it's just going to be people with floating camps. I'm like, those people aren't going to be like, nobody can get up to a floating floor unless you build a way to get there. But people think of alternative ways to do things. So I think, where they have half walls, like I would love like a half floor. Like imagine, okay, imagine you're trying to build your perfect house from the 1960s, full with the intercom and the funny stairs. I mean, we're all watching WandaVision. I'm watching the Brady Bunch movie, and you have that <laughs> living room that has the conversation pit. Don't you just want to build a conversation pit? You know, like don't you just yeah. want to get down in there? Yeah. And when you're going to have your your nightly talk with all of your you know twelve <laughs> kids. You just want to step down a few inches so that it's more intimate. Um, <laughs> Every house since then has had those removed. <laughs> everyone looks at me and says, "Sure, Jan." Um, <laughs> sure, Jan. But you know, uh, speaking of uh, engaging with people of a younger age, that's a joke that I'm sure will reach the 16 and 17 year olds of America. Um, speaking of demographics. <laughs> Yeah, you guys, want to, you guys want to jump into you guys want to jump into that? That's stuff? the perfect um, segue. Perfect segue. So, I have been doing some research. Obviously, I uh, you know run a network of podcasts, and I do a bunch of Fallout content, and I do Fallout videos, and I stream Fallout when I get time. Um, and 
I also help a lot of other creators. In fact, I've got three other potential Fallout podcasts that might be joining the network soon. So I've been doing a lot of research. I've worked in SEO. I've been looking at the data around what things um, get searched on YouTube and the number of people watching Fallout streams on Twitch and um, a lot of information. I've kind of put together what I think is a pretty clear understanding of where we are as a demographic of um, people who just enjoy watching and consuming creator-made Fallout content. I think it's a pretty good way to sum this up. And what I've come to the conclusion of is that we... Well, here's some of the data. On Twitch, we get five to 800 viewers a day watching Fallout 76 content. That's about it. And we know from the stats and from talking with people at Bethesda that the game has done very well this last year. The improvements have brought a lot of people back into the game or new people into the game and that we probably have way more people playing the game than that five to 800 people who are watching content on Twitch, right? And if you look at YouTube, we have um, a kind of a a very limited selection of videos that actually do well in search on YouTube. And you have to ask the question of like why that is. And so you have to understand a little bit about the algorithm. The algorithm on YouTube will only serve up the things that it thinks people are wanting. Well, how does it know what people want? It knows what people want by their trend in their viewership. What things are they watching? What things are they searching? What things are they watching and spending a lot of time watching and and not just bouncing off of after 30 seconds? Uh, What things are they giving like stuff? And when you look at the search uh, keyword trends in on YouTube, the only stuff that seems to be working on YouTube, and I think a lot of YouTube content creators will agree with me here, is informational posts about Fallout 76, like how to create a Fallout 76 something build, or what's the fastest way to kill the Scorch Beast Queen, or, you know, like things that help you play your game better. But the kind of content that a lot of us are making, like here's a really cool camp, or here's a really funny thing I did with my friends in the game, or, you know, here's a story thing I made with some, and we, you know, we role played these characters doesn't perform very well on YouTube. And you'll notice that many of us as content creators get maybe 50 to 100 views on that stuff. So what this has led me to, um, my my hypothesis right now, based on all of this data, is that our community is older, that the majority of our, if you look at the content creators, the majority of us content creators out there are 25, 28 plus in age, the majority of us who are watching and consuming the content are in that same demographic. And I believe that there's a reason why. The reason why is that many of us got into Fallout, either at Fallout 3 or Fallout 4, or Fallout New Vegas, and those happened in the last 12 years. And the majority of people who were into Fallout got in during Fallout 4 and went back and and enjoyed Fallout 3 and New Vegas. So that audience that would have been 16 to 25 who discovered Fallout 4 is now older. And those are the people creating content. Those are the people consuming content. The younger audience that potentially could have gotten into Fallout 76 were uh, scared away by all the negative press. And I mean, let us be honest. It's been two years. And if I wear a Fallout 76 shirt out in public, people look at me funny like, do you like that game? Like, that's still the belief is that, oh, that game sucks. Everybody said it sucks. It sucks. And we all know that it doesn't suck because they've been making lots of improvement and it's, and it's a lot of fun to play and it's a lot better now. But now now we're left with kind of this gap in an audience that would be searching the kind of content that some of us are making. So that's my whole theory about this. 
Um, what I want to hear from you guys is, do you think that's accurate? And if it is, um, the next question is, how do we grow that audience? Because that is going to be the bulk of the audience that is going to consume our content that is going to come into the game. That's going to be new to the game and really enjoy it. You have to, you have to feed that audience because any, for any game to thrive on, on social media, in content creation in in communities you're going to have to constantly be replacing that younger audience and bringing more of them in it's going to it's going to be hard to bring in the 40 year olds who aren't already into fallout right we need to be targeting the 20 year olds and the 16 year olds so what do you think about all that um as far as to digest yeah but like I, I, like i think that's i think that's true i think that it doesn't i think that fallout really doesn't resonate with people uh people in in I'm sure that there are, you know, there are high schoolers that listen to the show that fall sure. resonates with them. But I mean, that's not right. like, you know, the hot topic of, of the lunch table. Now, if you ask me what the hot topic of the lunch table to high school is, I'm not going to be able to tell you because I don't know. Like I am, I am entirely clueless on that. But I think about the biggest example I can think about is I think a lot of this is kind of, uh, you, you know, there's kind of a wait and see game from my perspective because talking about fantasy, fantasy books, fantasy mm-hmm. TV wasn't cool until Game of Thrones came out. Nobody wanted, nobody was like willing to talk to you about any. Like, I was a fantasy nerd. I had friends that were fantasy nerds, and you know, my buddies now that uh, you know I'll grab lunch with over Zoom or whatever are like, you know, it fantasy wasn't cool until Game of Thrones hit HBO and became a phenomenon. Like, so much of the genre kind of weighed on that show. Now, outside of what you feel about the last season, which I don't feel particularly good about. um, (laughs) Sure. Like, that, that that changed the playing ground to make it accessible for for a lot of people that Mm-hmm. understood like why that storytelling was a thing so so are you saying that like this post-apocalyptic concept isn't appealing to the population at large or younger viewers i am saying i'm saying that so that's kind of my example um i the way i look at it now is mm. like right now we are at like star wars in between the the the, um, the original trilogy and the prequels like the people that are fans of that are like fans of that like they are like mm-hmm. hard, like going go into the you know like the Star Wars people were going to the cons they were doing all the stuff they had the the um, comic books they had the Timothy Zahn books like they had all this like kind of hardcore stuff that was coming out particularly in the uh, in the early nineties late eighties that kind of right and then the new that. stuff came out turned them off and so now. Right, and, and so, so now the younger people aren't into it because the older people got turned off on it. Well, no, it's it's more. There's this time when they were building a very strong fan base that wasn't accessible for a lot of people, and I feel like that Fallout's kind of in that in that space. I think a lot of this is riding on the success of the TV show, though. I think that a Fallout TV show, if they market bring right, people in would would bring not just not just like kids in not just the younger but like your parents would know about like my parents didn't my parents didn't know about azora high and the you know <laughs> what, the, the fire priest and all this stuff but now they do it's like oh yeah melisandre yeah she cast the magic spell on sure like, my parents sure. my parents yeah. care about denzel washington like <laughs> right. I, I get your point now 
I, I would counter that with Fallout 4 was huge for that 16 to 24 demographic. And it's the same concept, post-apocalyptic world, you know, Nuka-Cola, like, bobbleheads, vault boy, you know, power armor, <clears throat> you know, monsters. Um, so I, I don't know that the, the topic itself is any different other than the media about it has changed. And like they're saying in chat, like, even on TikTok, Fallout 76 sucks is still a thing that trends. Like, it still trends to make fun of the game. Even though what they're making fun of is no longer ex- no longer exists, they're making fun of the thing that existed two years ago. But nobody right. seems to understand that the new thing is different because you only get one opportunity to make a good impression. Right? Um, yeah, this is a marketing dilemma, is what it is. And right. it's it, it doesn't matter how much time passes, uh, there will still be that perception out there. What I do know is that I do see whenever they have free play weekends. Um, there's a massive influx of new players and streamers. And a lot of the streams, um, I'll look through at night just to see new people to follow. A lot of them, they're, they all have the same sentiment that they heard that this game sucks, they play mm-hmm. it, and then they either title the stream that I actually like this or they say it out loud. Um, right, right. So I think it's it's just taking time for people that are just going to try it for the sake of trying it, even though they heard from everybody that it's really uncool. Um, But when you think about demographics, like I think talking about Star Wars, the Mandalorian is an amazing example of, of what that franchise should have been with these most recent movies that I think everyone felt was a real slam dunk that, that ticked a lot of boxes for people. That being said, the average age for the Mandalorian viewer is 37. <laughs> so even though sure. it's yeah. exciting right. <laughs> and cool and all of that, um, like even the Disney viewership for that, um, only 12% of their audience is under 18. And even with, with I was just curious. How with, do they know? How do they know? Like if three of us in my household are watching, my son is 10 he, he like they don't know that a ten year old is watching because I'm the one who set up the account. They think somebody my age is watching, right? Well, you've got data. Everything's cross linked now. Sure, they they know demographics for the average household but, enough to do a, a sample. Yeah, yeah the, the statistics of it will will bear out. Um, but also, I, I was just looking at so the people who listen to my show. Um, what is this not your show? Is this just the the chat show? Yeah, yeah I, I, I was going to talk about this too. Like, yeah, like the and Tom could probably go into his like like my uh, yeah. so my numbers are um, I have five percent of people who are zero to seventeen, right? Um, which is just small, but when you go to eighteen to twenty two, it jumps to seventeen percent. Um, yep, not that much further. Twenty three to twenty seven is twenty two percent. And then when you hit the 28 to 34 age group, I have a 37% share in that. That's the bulk of the demographic. Bell curve, right yeah, there. right yep. there. Yeah, mine, mine, mine's exactly the same thing. And and this bears into this data as well, which leads me to believe that we're, we're missing that younger part of the population because of the bad press and because of the bad taste that people got in their mouths at the beginning. So where, where I want to go with this is, if that is the case, and it does seem to be the case, how do we, like, if we're going to create a game 
and this game, well, and we're not creating the game, but we are part of the community and we're the community that loves playing the game. If the game is going to continue and continue growing, then that's the demographic that we need to start changing their mind. Now, how do we do that? Or how do we make content that brings them in to this community rather than make them feel like outsiders? Because... If, if, if you jump into a stream and you get the feeling that like a bunch of 35 year olds are all watching the stream and you're 16 years old, some 16 year olds are fine with that. But a lot of them are going, eh, it's not for me. How do you like tech plays? Feel free to weigh in and chat. <laughs> yeah, but because he's he's an anomaly, right? He, tech, yeah. uh, Sixer, <laughs> uh, like some, some of the people in chat, like. They they are people who love the game because they love the game and they found the community. But like uh, Tech will be, I'm sure he'll be honest with you. Like the majority of people he plays with in this game are significantly older than him. Yeah, obviously. And that's just the, that's and, and yeah. he's fine with that. He's cool with that, which is cool. But like, it'd be nice to have a bunch of other 20 year olds, you know, 16 year olds. Like, I don't know if if that can be changed. I, when you take a look at the games that are really popular now for viewership wise. Minecraft is a titan of oh, yeah. viewership yeah. and you take a look at the top performing YouTubers and streamers right now on every day on Twitter I, I see stuff I don't understand like uh, oh my god dream breathed who the hell is dream uh, and, and why right. like right. does this go viral like because he breathed yeah. like they're all it's yeah. like a and massive, I've, been, I've been looking at this stuff it's too. crazy so here, like here's how much my, engagement here's my analysis has. Right. Here's my analysis of that. Minecraft works because a lot of people know it and kids love it and new kids are all constantly finding it. It's easy to get into and it's easy to make content around. Right. And it's appealing for younger people and it's safe for them. Their parents are OK if they're watching a Minecraft stream because they're like, oh, it's Minecraft. Right. It's fine. Um, that doesn't mean that Fallout's not like Fallout maybe shouldn't be aimed towards the 13 year olds because it's, it's gory and bloody and some of the parents are going to have problems. But like 16 to 24 should be fine. Right. The parents would have been fine with me at 16 playing Fallout. It's not an issue. Um the, the way till I was 17 to buy an M rating game. Thank you very much. <laughs> Thank you very much. So when you look at when you look at the, the games that are doing well on Twitch right now, it's um, it's shooters that are, uh, you know, it's uh, the Modern Warfare uh, one. It's the uh, Fortnite. It's Apex. It's, you know, all of those, whatever that mode is called. Um, battle Royales. It's a bunch of Battle Royales. And if you're not a Battle Royale, which Fallout has a Battle Royale, but it's it's not up there with these things because for some reason it's not appealing to the, that audience. If you're not a Battle Royale, then you're either Minecraft, you are Rust, or you are Among Us. Those are the other three. Rust got big because people, because a bunch of streamers decided to RP in this world together and create a bunch of drama around it, right? You could do that in Fallout 76. You could totally do that. Um, uh, Among Us is interesting because it, it reaches that youngest demographic and it's available on all sorts of different platforms. So that's that's its own thing. Um, and then what was the other one? Uh, Minecraft. Minecraft's the other Minecraft. one. And Minecraft. And, and the reason why Rust, Minecraft, and Among Us videos do well on YouTube is because people are creating and editing content in a way that appeals to that audience. They're not doing you know, an hour long let's play where they just kind of go through the world and do their thing and talk to their audience and just maybe basically repurpose their stream on YouTube. That doesn't work. Nobody watches those. Um, uh, some people, I shouldn't say nobody. Some people watch those, but the largest part of the demographic that would be interested don't spend the time sitting there watching those. What they watch are 15 to eight minute videos of 
the frame changes every two to three seconds and something zooms in on someone's face and they make an expression and then this thing happens and then it zooms in on the explosion and then there's a text that says boom wow lol you know and like like yeah. that's the kind of stuff when you look at uh, Kev Duet, who we've had on the show, is is a prime example of, of someone yes. who does all of this well. So he'll stream on Twitch, and he'll have his full-blown stream where everybody watches. But, I mean, that gets a fraction compared to his YouTube videos. He takes all right. that footage, cuts it down into, like, this quick, flashy, uh, in-your-face, spasmatic maxi pad, intense, you know, 15-minute extravaganza and yes. that with does quirky really comments well. and, yeah, and funny sound little effects jokes. and, and it's yeah. just it's just one thing there's no dead air something is always happening or something is always being said at all times just boom 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 and kev dewitt does it well and that's why that's why he is succeeding in this one little space in fallout and other games he's had he's had to go to other games because that audience isn't there really for fallout right but that's why he's able to do that like it's and and he he figured that out like he understands that and he was there long enough in the fallout community to know that used that used to work for fallout 4 but it's not working for 76 yep. which means we've lost that audience I'm so how thinking, do we get that audience back i'm thinking about i'm trying to like put myself in bethesda's shoes and figure out like what they want what they want fallout to be i've been thinking i i've actually kind of been thinking about this some in relation to fallout and elder scrolls but like i'm excited for they're doing a, a a remake of the mass effect games and i'm excited for that you know be excited for the game that's coming out again that just came out like you know 10 years ago that's coming out again just so you can play it again instead of all your new games that you probably already bought you know money just flies out of my pocket um <laughs> But they have they have such a, a world and a fan base, but they don't have the, the resources to do much anything with it. And so you get a game every now and then. But people are legitimately fans of like Mass Effect or, or Dragon Age. But with Elder Scrolls and Fallout, you have those are kind of like on the forefront of being brands that are more agnostic to to age that are not centered towards children. So like Mario is a brand that mm-hmm. is agnostic to age but centered around children. Same thing right. for Zelda. Yes. Like those, yeah. those are right yes. among us. Yes, yes, yes. Um mm-hmm. and so now we're getting some of these some of these you know I I I guess brands trying to enter that space where it's like they want it to be for everyone. Um and I think that I don't know if you can get there with 76 because 76 is, is really pretty niche. Um, 76 is a game built for Fallout fans. Like that, that is what it's becoming. Um, yeah, you know, right, it, but is that, is that because they needed to start there or is it because that's what they want to keep it as? I think it just ended up there. I think, or did it just end up, or has the community, have we, have we we've, walled off everyone else and just said that like, this is our special garden and everyone else with your bad words about our special garden needs to stay out. And have have we been keeping people away through our our attitudes? Like I don't think I see a little bit of that. I see a little bit of that out there. Like I, I like there there is a little bit of sentiment in social media of like people being very careful about like this is my thing. Like I don't yeah. know. Nobody there's, wants there's to a spend, sense I get. There's and, a sense and, I get. That that's a sense I get too. Nobody wants to spend their time going in and beating down the doors and be like, hey, follow something. Great day, and they're like, "Ha ha, Todd Howard, you know, joke Howard. Look at him and his fancy shoes." And oh, coat. sure. You know, he's just trying oh, to sure. sell you snake oil. Like, you, you know, you're if you're working a 
you know, if you were the age demographic working a nine to five, that's not what you want to do at five thirty is go be beating down somebody's door trying to explain oh, to yeah. them what the thing that you like right. is something. Right, right. Value. And you also don't want to be doing a stream and having to deal with people jumping in your stream all the time saying, "Haha, lol, this game sucks." Right. I mean, that gets old. Like it, right. it wears you out, and so you become defensive and you start, you know, any you're, you're kind of suspicious when there's new people who pop in to the community. You're, you're like, okay, well, let's be careful about this. Like, I get that. Like, I get it. Um, but at the same time, how do we? Uh, yeah, it gets scully face says says in chat. It gets old. Like I totally get it. It gets yeah. old. It gets old. Like I do. I do. A, I do follow up podcasts. I get it. Like I totally understand. At the same time, though, as somebody who's a content creator who wants to continue growing my content and everybody else's content, because I believe that a rising tide rises all ships. That if we want our endeavors as content creators to grow, and I don't know many content creators who don't want to be doing this more full-time or making more money doing it or having more fun doing it then how do we continue to grow the audience like what what are the triggers that we can pull yeah uh synthicant is saying in chat um i try to get my nephew into fallout but it seemed too slow paced for them and Mm -hmm. i i think that could fundamentally be what we're talking about because when you look at the the games that are performing really well they tend to be pretty fast paced like Fortnite is just insane. Um, Minecraft, you can go, you know, do something quiet and casual, but for the most part, some of the busiest streams are just, you know, people running around and doing things. And right. there's a lot of well, high What about energy Nuclear there. Winter? Like text, text uh, in chat. He's saying Nuclear Winter is fast paced. It, it so. is, but I think Nuclear Winter has problems that haven't been addressed. So it stops becoming fun. Mm. And it's like, when you when you look at when you look at RPGs in general, I'm, I'm talking about like D and I'm talking about all the, like those things are not normally accessible. Like D and D is like they're not that, like, they're not hip and fun to the average, right? Yeah. Sure, yeah. right. But yeah. a game like Skyrim is always fun because Skyrim is built in such a way that you can just jump in and start doing things and. Like you don't have to, you don't have to focus so much on, am I doing the build? Am I doing it correct? Skyrim is kind of like a rare example of an RPG that's very easy to learn, but hard to master. Um, whereas sure. something like Seventy Six expects you to know the Fallout world and and how stuff is yeah, built. Yeah, there's it's more of a learning curve. Well, what about something like Rust then? Because Rust is very slow paced. You, I mean, you're just hitting trees, you're collecting stuff, and then all of a sudden, after an hour and a half of doing something, there's some sort of big thing, and then all of a sudden, the enemy's raiding your camp, and there's a big hullabaloo, and then everybody goes back to their, like, mundane tasks. How does... How, how is that captivating and bringing in a younger audience when something like Fallout 76 isn't? I think it's what they expect high-level play to be. Um... I think high level play is not or, having having like uh, your camp can only be so complex and you can spend a long time being a good camp builder. But I mean, even that is niche within the, within the 76 community. Sure. Like sure. when you're looking at people that have actually been playing 76, I mean, they are min maxing various things um, and, and showing off how they can do it. I mean, I think you've said it before, like the instructional videos on YouTube are getting so many likes mm-hmm. and stuff because that's you know that's kind of the point is to for the community to collectively decide on 
in in this multiplayer version like what build is the best so that's different from skyrim where it's like i want to play skyrim but i don't want to wear any armor and i want to use just fists and you can do that and you can have an experience and you can change and modify it to be like okay i'm gonna go do this thing and, and and try it out and 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 have fun and have engagement in that way as opposed to 76 which is distilled into a game that really if you want to get in and and get to the more social aspects of it you have to find a group or or make a group and have some pretty extensive knowledge of the game um not necessarily not necessarily from like an rpg space but from a building and weapon space so like i'm thinking about fight club i'm thinking about um yeah yeah you know, some of the stuff with wasteland network like yeah there's a there's a large barrier to entry is what you're saying yeah um, i think that's you built can't in. partake in those groups as just a brand new player because you don't have enough stuff or experience in the world to do it mm-hmm. i think two um, two big things would start to shift that ship i think one okay. of them is if fallout 76 finally adopts a lot of the lessons and mechanics that work for ESO to give us guilds to actually mm-hmm. allow us to roleplay and specialize in a meaningful way I think would be good so you can actually form in-game communities and then a brand new player could come in and autom- automatically know they'll have other people around that they can rely on and, and learn from right. yeah. imagine like right. a guild bank where it's like okay yeah. like Imagine if the five O actually had like a guild bank where it's like we have done all of these um, you know, uh requisitions and we've gathered mm-hmm. like twenty thousand wood for yeah. new people. And they right, they've right. got that. The yeah. problem is accessibility because all of that, unless you're looking for the five O and know that they have that stuff, you would have, you no, have no way, way of, of knowing that they're there. That, that yeah. they even exist or that this role playing exactly. community even exists in seventy six. And I think right, the second right. thing Fallout seventy six really needs an official stream team really i agree it I agree. needs a um, strong group of people that, that band together um that promote each other that are supported mm-hmm. when you look at the successful games out there um a lot of them have official stream teams even O has a stream team um, oh yeah so i think yeah it also i think people would feel more invested in sticking with 76 too if they felt like they were part of something in a formal way Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. when you look at people here on Twitch, like um, Medic um, or um, Jesse, like uh, the people who, when you look on Twitch, like they're usually like the first, second, and third people. It's always the same faces, but yeah. you know they're they're carrying the Twitch views for the channel. Um, so, and, and like a, a stream team with them on it. And then others and everyone working together and sharing ideas and right, uh, right. yeah, I, I think that would help. Um, see, the, the issue that I've I've come across and when I've talked to streamers is that a lot of them feel like I'm making good content. How come I don't have more viewers? And it's because they're only getting a percentage of the pie, and the pie is only so big. That's the problem. So that's the problem. Is that like if if you're at the top of that stream and you're getting forty percent of that pie, then everybody who knows that you're in there already knows that you're in there and they're either watching or they're not because they're watching somebody else. You're competing with everyone else playing fallout right now. And we need to increase the total number of viewers in in order for your 40% to increase. And and when you look at, look at the top people who rank now that came into 76 and carried a lot of viewers, 
they're people that started with Fallout 4, creating a lot of content mm-hmm. for that. Juicehead, um, Kev Duet had moved on from, from ESO and started doing Fallout 4 content and right. started building big audiences in Fallout 4 that they carried to 76 and kind of held on to. And now, you know, Kev Duet's doing other things and then Juice, for the most part, is, is focusing on cyberpunk now. Um, right. Well, because he's getting three times the number of... Uh, Right, that's, that's, and that's right. how, like, like yeah. many a true nerd, like that's how he gained his like biggest gains was doing just like Fallout Four builds and running through and just doing his doing his humor along with right a run right. of of four. Yeah, and what what I want is I want that stuff to be viable in seventy six because it worked. It worked for four. You could do a fun little build. You could do a fun video doing something crazy in Fallout Four. And then people would watch it and you would pull in that 16 to 24 audience because that's how they grew their channels. That's the audience that watches the majority of the content on YouTube. Yeah. You know, um, that's the majority. That's the audience that watches the majority of the content in Twitch. So, yeah. Th- and that's that's what gets me keep coming back to this question of how do we pull that audience in? Um, I, th- I and think I think we can make that content. I think we have content creators who make that content well. It's just not changing their opinion of the game because they're not finding it. They don't even know to look for it because they're already so negatively you know predisposed against the game. I think uh, kind of following along with Ken's idea of like what what could what could Fallout have to to bring it to more people and, and, and make it more engaged. I think you need some sort of flexible private server um, that you can change modifiers on that you can add you know a, mm. a limited amount mm-hmm. of mods to like where you can kind of tailor that yeah. experience for a private server so if somebody wants to do oh I'm gonna do it where you know I'm yeah. gonna do we, we have four people character. versus a scorch beast queen that's ten times more powerful can we do it yeah this conversation right. would also not be happening if we had mods by now Yes. When you mods, think you think the mods I, would I really do. I think when mods come to this game, I think it is going to be a massive resurgence of interest because of the mm-hmm. amount of flexibility that gamers will be able to to create crazy stuff. And then there's that constant stream of new content faster than what Bethesda right. can really put out. Like even right. now. You know, last week it was Fallout New Vegas randomizer. I saw so many streamers playing Fallout New Vegas yes. again with that new yeah. randomizer mod because it's a completely insane experience. And that's just user-generated mods. So if we could have that kind right. of thing happening in 76 all the time, there would be a constant stream of, of new cool things going on that would be people coming in. Yeah, I agree. And I, I the things that really play well on YouTube are... Look at this crazy thing that's never happened before. It's it's the stuff that emotionally grabs you, right? right? I beat the game doing this crazy thing. Look at this crazy mod. It randomizes everything. Or this crazy competition happened and somebody, you know, gave away a thousand bucks. Holy crap. Or this crazy competition happened and now somebody has to do this terrible thing because they lost. You know, like that's the kind of stuff that gets virally shared by a bunch of bored teenagers because they're like, oh, my God, that's hilarious. Or that's amazing. Somebody played a game and won a thousand bucks. You know, like that's the kind of stuff that I think that goes well. And so, so my thing, you know, to, to end this conversation because we need to wrap this up. But as a content creator, I'm I feel driven to do what I can do in order to like I can't make mods work in the game. I'm not a developer. I'm not Bethesda. I can't make changes. And hopefully, they make changes that, of course, open this up to more people and allow us to make you know 
continue playing. I'm sure they will. I'm sure they'll get to a point where we can make these changes in our own little custom servers and whatever. We'll get there. But for right now, I want to I want to feed the community. I want to I want to continue growing the community. I want to do what I can. And and that's really the question I have. Like if I was to put up a competition, and I've, I've been thinking about this among different content creators for uh, the ability to run a bunch of ads across my podcasts, advertising their content, um, because we get a lot of listeners and, and we have a lot of listeners on this show and maybe, and definitely on the Fallout Lorecast that haven't tried 76 yet. But if they found out that like somebody was, you know, playing... Uh, you know, doing this awesome thing on YouTube or in their streams, then they might want to tune in, right? So what if I was to set up a contest among content creators and give them, you know, $1,000 worth of ad impressions or something like that? Would that then be able to turn into content that gets people's attention and gets them to start paying a little bit more attention to follow when they weren't before because they saw this crazy contest happen? Or because they heard advertisements on the show about somebody streaming Fallout 76 and they never really gave it a shot. I don't know. Like this yeah. is this is what I'm throwing out there because like I can do that as somebody who has a show where I can I can manage those impressions, you know, like I can put up that as a prize. I think would it be valuable? I think we all I think the three of us work really hard at um creating content around 76 and bringing the community together, but our microphone is only so big. <laughs> it can right. only be yeah. heard so far. Yeah. Um it's a huge well, what question. If, what if I don't Bethesda was to was to promote that? What if they posted a blog post that says something like, uh, Robots Radio is doing a $1,000 prize for content creators to do something? You know, would that you know, happen? The, the line can get a little... I, like, I think the line it's can get a It's a liability issue, yeah. yeah where you have... It, it's hard. And I know this just from stuff that we've done together. Um stuff that's community generated that's reshared at the company level by a corporation um, has to go through a lot of doors for that to even happen. Um, sure. If it if it did and it was supported, would it make a difference? Do you think it would make a dent? I don't think so. Only because anytime, if you look at the stuff that's shared, here's a perfect example. Um, CEO of the company dies and they have to lock tweets so that they didn't get, you know, people trolling someone's death last week, mm. which is just a sad state of affairs. But anytime I see something shared uh, on the Bethesda or the Fallout 76 channel, it's just a complete ridiculous shit show of troll comments with the same thing like people still play this game, this game sucks. Or if you watch the Bethesda stream um, that they do once a week with Devin and Jess you see stuff deleted by the moderators all the time. So I don't, even if it was, you're not going to be able to change those people's, I I don't know. Yeah. It's a puzzle. Like I'm, I'm trying to look at all my resources, all the tools in my toolbox. And I'm like, what tools can I use? Like, how can I use this? How can I, I don't know. And, And I think that's, they expected, they expected fallout 76 to be like a, a rust killer, like a, a survival yeah. game that was going to be big budget yeah. that was going to come out that was going to take the place of survival games like survival modes of Minecraft survival through you know Rust I, you know I can't really name all the I guess what Daisy they were kind of mm-hmm. like tr- trying to go mm-hmm. and attack that market because mainly it was independent developers that were doing a lot of that work 
the the thing is, I think that they expected that audience to maybe get in on it to be like a oh, I'm gonna log on to seventy six and play a little bit of this, and then we're gonna like it's like a hey, here's this, hey, here's this. Whereas the community and the engagement that they got has been like devoted. Um, it's been smaller than I think what they had originally anticipated, but it's been more devoted. And so I think they're trying to figure out like how can, you know, and capitalize, I'm not trying to talk about money, but I'm just in like, you know, experience or, or, or exposure. Like how can they capitalize on that and like not necessarily yeah. hinder that in any way, but almost like how do you expand that? And I don't think you can do that quickly. I don't think that you can, expand this like super duper niche community where like people like like i made a podcast about west virginia history and fallout like who like what 17 year old is gonna be like yeah that's the stuff for me Fallout 76 became (laughs) and even before wastelanders i think there was a small pool of us who for whatever reason uh, fell in love with this quirky little cafe that people didn't want to go into when there was Starbucks <laughs> down the street. So you got this really eclectic group of people that love 76 for all its its missteps and failings and quirks and everything else, myself included, um, and just really loved the experience. And for, no, uh, for reasons beyond understanding, a lot of us ended up content creating for the first time with this game. But like Tom said, the problem is that for all of that creativity that we've generated in the sandbox, um, you have to be content with the fact that the massive audience and being able to be a big time content creator or even a, a mediocre one with a decent audience. Yeah, even just a middle sized content creator. You can't. It's very limited. Yeah, it's, it's really hard to do that here unless you're doing something specialized like. Um, even Tom or I with, with our podcasts, it's something very specific, very niche that doesn't really translate over to, to viewership in, in big numbers, right. not like it does with other and, games. And thankfully, the other games were as popular as they were because otherwise I wouldn't have the audience that I have. You know, right. There's a lot of people who listen to my show because they like Fallout 4 or Fallout 3 or whatever. Um, but yeah, I, I think that comes down. To, uh, I think to wrap this up, I, I think the, the answer, I think chat has figured out the answer is if some of their... Some of their younger siblings' favorite streamers were playing this game and enjoying it. Then it would prove, hey, this game's fun and people would play it. So let me let's wrap it up with this last final question. Then, what if our challenge is, is to try to get their the attention of these streamers? Like, what if we could get more streamers to start playing seventy six who are already playing other content? Is it possible? Uh, I know that this is an uphill battle, and I know that the, the default answer is no, but. Not necessarily. But is it possible? <laughs> I, but is it possible? I mean, if and, and it's not just money. Like, what if it was, what if, like, obviously they do things for money. What if there was, like, another way we could entice them to do it? I mean, if that's the, the metric, that may be something that will happen before the end of the year anyway with some larger sure. streamers. Um, I don't, the, like, uh, with St. Jude's partnering with us again directly this year for Fallout for Hope, we've already started planning for that they have some really huge streamers that will be playing Fallout 76 that week, raising money. The problem is that while that brings in a massive influx of people for a small period of time, like Co Carnage was streaming Fallout like mm-hmm. sometime last yeah, month. For a while. Because yeah. I, I looked on Twitch and I was like, what the f- 
is going on with Fallout? Yeah. Like, I've never seen numbers. numbers that it's, like, that's it's, insane. Yeah, I haven't it's, seen it's it like that since Wasteland. 20,000 audience just right. showing up for a day. Yeah. So you have this big influx of people who just come in for that, but that streamer doesn't really stay. It's not their thing. So, uh, sure. Co has talked know. about how he how he likes seventy six, um, but there he, might be a way know, to it's... like, yeah, emotionally appeal to some of these people too. Like maybe the like Co doesn't need more money; he makes plenty of money with his streams and his sponsorships and all the other stuff, right? But maybe there's a way to emotionally appeal to somebody like that if we could get the word out and just say, "Hey, we would love to have you participate in our community for a few weeks. Would you mind?" streaming it a little bit if you've got like gaps in your schedule and no new games are coming out or whatever you know like would you mind being a part of us you know because we know you love fallout we know you know like these are games that are some of your favorites i think that's an easier yes when you do it around a charitable initiative it's kind of a no-brainer mm-hmm. for the majority of them right so maybe maybe that needs to be the the push i i i'm, I'm thinking about when 76 launched and they had Bethesda had a stream where it was Ninja playing Fallout 76 and Justin Roiland playing Fallout 76. And Justin Roiland was playing both Rick and Morty during the stream. Uh-huh. So he right. was improving the, 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 from, from his TV show two different characters playing the game. And Ninja was also there and was talking to them. Ninja as in the, the streamer with the blue hair um, mm-hmm. was talking to them <laughs> But, you know, because our demographic is, you know, 70 to 80 or whatever. Um, <laughs> they were they were talking Yay. to them. I say that as a, tw- as a 28-year-old. Oh, man. Well, I guess 28 next week. Um, <laughs> but he was talking to them and, like, had this, like, weird energy and vibe. But, I mean, that didn't, that didn't really move the boat because of the stuff that, it you was, know, the it was initial launch. Right. Do you know... You know who does um, that kind of thing really well is Doom. Um, a lot of what they do for Doom is really fun, out-of-the-box stuff. They have some really interesting people who stream Doom, like MMA mm. wrestlers, like MMA fighters uh, and athletes and celebrities. And um, Bethesda has a lot of, of big names playing that kind of a game, and that really works well. Um, I just, I just wonder why not seventy six, and I'm sure there's a reason. But. Yeah, it could be because Doom is like, like you know, fall, like Fallout and Elder Scrolls are like, you know, work into like like we've said before, just kind of like work into it, and eventually you get to a point where you're pretty powerful. Whereas Doom is like, you immediately sit down here as the shotgun, you are the God Lord Emperor, yeah, and that's you will true. crush yeah. all of the demons. Like the gameplay of that is 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 more accessible. Where they're like, "Oh, why did you die? Were you were you shirt, were you just standing still? Oh, I can't stand still. Gotta run around. Oh, were you not shooting? Gotta shoot him." Like there's yeah. the gameplay of that. I think is is easier for people to to digest. It is um, one it is. last one last thing that I will say that we're missing out on. Um, the reason that Game of Thrones is so big is because of the Sean Bean memes uh the winter is coming that was big winter is uh-huh. coming and blah, blah, like finals are coming uh you know yeah. this kind of things um vault boy has a series of memes um that are quite skewed towards the younger audience in which he's 
um, he like warps his body and has his hands out. I'm like, this is like, I feel like Steve yes. Buscemi explaining. I know what you're talking about. That. He warps <laughs> his hands out and he's like, "Excuse oh. me, but or you know, <laughs> what, me, what the fuck? Um, yeah, yeah." <laughs> um, that is underutilized. I feel like the, the the meme potential of Vault Boy is heavily I like underutilized. Um, and I think that with this Microsoft ac- acquisition, that Vault Boy is going to be the face of Microsoft. And I think that you are going to be seeing a lot more of him in ways that we don't expect. Ooh, interesting. Okay, mm-hmm. well, uh, I just I just wanted to toss all that out there because it's uh, it's obviously something I care about, and it's obviously something a lot of our community cares about. And it's a complicated it's, question. It's a complicated question, and I have some insight into the data and some of the information. So it's, I view these things like puzzles, and to me, it's like a challenging puzzle. But I, st- I believe that there's something out there that I'm just not seeing. That there's a way I can, I can make it better, even if it's just slightly. There's still something I could be doing better. So it's just kind of that that personal drive, and you know, if any of you guys share those feelings about that and and want to brainstorm this, or, or heck, you know. You know, shoot for the clouds. Maybe there's maybe there's somebody out here who happens to have a little bit more connection with a popular streamer that'd be willing to just play the game some more if they just heard about it. You know, I don't know. But yeah, again, you never know. You never know what's possible. And we're a community and, and you never know. So just wanted to throw that out there. But thanks for joining us, everyone. Um, Dave, Ken, any, any last words? Any last words? That's like I'm going to execute you. <laughs> any last words? Any um, last words? Uh, a few things. I feel like this 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 show should be titled um, uh, "How Are You Doing, Fellow Kids?" Um, I feel like the, it was like a, was like a board meeting where the yeah. marketers got together and they were like, "How do we engage young people?" Emojis. Um, so <laughs> emojis. Kids love uh, emojis. Been, kids love emojis. Uh, on the back end, we've kind of been brainstorming, like kind of like a two for the show of um, of, of changing it up um, of. We've kind of been dragging our feet a little bit here uh, coming into the new year. There's been less news, uh, but we're hopefully going to be doing kind of like a just freshen it up a little bit, make it a little more lively. You know, uh, we've been doing this for over a year now, um, this particular show, uh, which is kind of crazy to think about. Yeah. Um, Do you want to tell and so, the idea? Because it's an exciting one. Yeah. Well, in, in general, we're going to go back to having more. Um, more guests um, in just regular show slots. It's not going to be like a full interview. We're going to more bring them in for discussion, kind of like shows today. We're just going to be adding a fourth or fifth chair. Uh, we, we don't want to make it like, you know, when you're you're watching a, a, a law pod, a law, a like detective podcast or listen to a detective podcast where they interview somebody for like an immense amount of time. It's not going to be like that anymore. Um, it's going to be more fun in <laughs> games, but the the main thing is we are tossing around the idea and working out a an idea to essentially have a um a call-in show kind of like an open house party uh once a month for the fallout hub uh in which uh you anyone listening that is on the the discord server um either we're gonna do it in, in probably a few try to rotate it around spread the love a little bit um like if you're watching Howard Stern, and I can make that reference because of our seventy to eighty, um, you know. <laughs> uh, anyways, uh, you call in, and, and let's say let's say the discussion topic is like, oh, what's the what's the best weapon in seventy six? And you call in, and and 
we'll unmute you or something in the Discord, and you'll talk about that, and you'll banter with us. And you don't have to stay for long. It's just like a five-minute thing, and then you're off, and we move on to the next person. It's like a way for us to really get, get the pulse of the audience. With- Get the pulse of the audience because we like having fun. And oftentimes I I feel like that we want to have, we constantly think about how do we, how can we engage the community more? How can we make this more of a community (laughs) show? And I think that this is, this is our, 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 our high ticket item. I don't think it's going to get any 12 year olds um, to to listen to us, but I think that it's going to definitely help out (laughs) what our goal for the show is. We need to start aiming for seven year olds. We're going too, too far. Yeah. I think, uh, to have a community format like that where people could come in talk about what they're doing if they're a streamer talk a little bit about their channel and what they've got going on if they're planning a special event you know tell the community about that um have a community message board kind of feel yeah here's some ideas and i'm gonna call out some people i want like medic to call in and give us a safety briefing of just like just a safety briefing. <laughs> I want Finwa to call in. Talks about talks about all the issues and like the dangers of the wasteland. Yeah, with the song. Yeah, Tech can call in. He can talk to us a little bit. Architecture, probably a little bit about design. You know, he can give us his his uh, his pitch in the enclave. Um, There's yeah, an enclave a versus brotherhood argument. <laughs> we can have uh, Susie the yeah. Ghoul call in, and she can. Uh, update us about something wacky i don't know yeah excerpts of fan fiction like let's like oh no let's get it going oh boy yes oh yes um it needs to be more fun (laughs) but we're planning on on maybe maybe trying it out seeing how it goes um if if it's good try to do it like once a month chapter one hancock after dark Hancock so, uh, reached out his hand, and there were some mothballs there. Oh boy. And we we've come them. full circle. Full circle. Um, Ken, what do you have going on? Uh, yes. Uh, we dropped uh, part two of our Sickle Man story. Uh, that came together well. We're in the middle of editing part three. Um, last uh, Wednesday, I streamed with Bethesda to do um, a walk through the Rapture Camp, and that was a lot of fun. We also... Uh, yeah. Devin and I went and, and smashed some things to spread the love. We may have committed murder on the road, killing a few Brotherhood people. Um, so yeah. that, that was that was fun. You know, things happen. <laughs> and I'm, I'm building a new computer, which is why we've been having technical difficulties. Nice, nice. Uh, let's see. Uh, some some extra, extra suggestions here real quick. Uh, somebody says the Mechanist should call in, and I agree. Oh, <laughs> yes. Mechanist should call in. Yeah, we that should get that hilarious. guy. Yeah, um, maybe he'll rap then, for us. Uh, we could get like Pete Hines to call in and just like give us some like you know some like weird like uncle advice and be like when I was your age we didn't have LCD screens we had cathode rays like I I'm just making up crap about I, I don't know I I I just did interviews with Pete Hines I don't actually know him personally I'm sorry he's quick I feel like. Uh... I feel like he'd be, be really good uh, doing some fun clapbacks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he would. He he's, would call it. He's and, really and, good and, with his sarcasm to some of the annoying people on Twitter. He's a, a master at that. Oh, yes. Yes. Um, well, I've got my regular stuff going on. I've got, uh, you know, all the shows at robotsradio.net. We've got some new shows coming, and we've got the Rocket Club, um, which 
is the uh, thing I've started in order to help new podcasters get their shows launched and understand everything from you know, creating their content uh, technically to you know formulating their show and targeting it towards an audience, coming up with a name and marketing it and all that stuff. So if you're interested in any of that stuff, you can check out robotsradio.net. I'm happy to help you guys with your content. And, um, and if you have any thoughts on any of the stuff we talked about in this episode, feel free to reach out to us. Hit us up on Twitter. Uh, jump in our discords, you know, like Robust Radio Discord, the uh, uh, Chad, your uh, aristocratic aristocracy, the apocalyptic whatever. aristocracy. Apocalyptic aristocracy. That's it. <laughs> I just see two A's in my in my head. Um, just look yeah, for AA. Talk kids. to us. Tell us your thoughts. You know, look for A. Go to AA. Go to um, AA. Go to AA. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So, well, that's it. That's all we got for this week. We should be back next week. I I would think, right? No, no, we're doing. Yeah. Remember, we're doing every two weeks. Every that's, two weeks. That's the new. So we'll do it in two weeks. I don't think we've officially announced that, but since news is light, um, and and we're we're kind of taking a more free approach, it's going to be an every two week show. Um, right. But let's we'll, do our first we'll call see with week. our the following. Yeah, let's do call-ins. That'd be great. You want to do you want to do a call-in episode well, for the twenty third? Yeah. Okay. Which it. which Discord do you want it in? We're gonna we're, if, then we're gonna do like this is the behind the scenes. We're gonna work it all out. Let's start with right. Let's start now. with Ken's. Let's start with the uh, the AA. All right. So a. next week, if you want to call into the show, um, uh, the topic of the show will be decided well, on that day. So you have to be two weeks from now. Scully, you better you call yeah, in two weeks from now. Yeah. You better on call the twenty third. Twenty third. Call you yes. up, Scully. Yeah. Um. <laughs> We're gonna be like, it's not gonna be, it's not gonna be too serious. I wouldn't say it would be too stern, but it's gonna be pretty funny. There you go, another another great joke for go. our people out there. Um, next week, Colin show that'll be fun. Um, two weeks, and then two weeks. do you think Marianne from Brooklyn will call into the show? I'm hoping she will. Mary, yeah, yeah. Howard, yeah. <laughs> I feel like most people who've never heard of Howard won't understand these references. <laughs> I forget yeah. all the crazy characters he had, but we're gonna have our own limo driver. Oh jeez. Yeah. All right. The, uh, well, two weeks. So that's two weeks. We'll be back. Colin show on twenty third. Be there or be square. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Glad, Bye, to, glad everybody. to see you again. Bye. Have a good one. Join me, Jackson, Sassy Lady Rover, Eric, and the creator, Maverick, as we take topics from the Fallout universe and discuss them with other diverse individuals. We can be found wherever you listen to your podcast. You can follow us on YouTube. You can also find us on Twitter, or X, or whatever you want to call it, using at FalloutRTD. You can send us an email using FalloutRTD at gmail.com. Join us. The conversation has already started.